Thank you. We're so thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to be here with you again. And uh, again, I wonder, I can't say it enough. We're here to thank you. We're here to express our appreciation to you and your faithfulness in uh, praying for us and giving and supporting us through these years. Uh, it's always a blessing to come to one of the churches that we came to back when it was just Debbie and I alone, a young couple ready to go out to the mission field and uh, coming through and being with you. It's a blessing to have my wife with me. Uh, the first couple of furloughs way back years ago, she was able to come because, uh, well, the first time we didn't have any kids. And uh, then after we had kids, my parents actually lived in San Jose for a long time. So we had a base to, to live up here in Northern California, what we call Northern California. And... Uh, <clears throat> Then they moved back to New Mexico, and so we had to kind of base ourselves at her parents' house down in, in Southern California. And when she was homeschooling all four of our children, it was very, very difficult for her to be able to uh, take off and travel with me. And so there was a long period of time when uh, she was not able to come with me. Then four years ago, we had the nest empty, and I thought, finally. Uh, and, and then we got back here, and, and her mother was so ill that we were afraid we were going to lose her, and so uh, she ended up staying again down there, and so, but this time you get to see I really have a wife, and she's here. <laughs> uh, so it's good to be back here. I've had a wonderful time fellowshipping with your pastor, wonderful, uh, your hospitality. Again, uh, thank you so much. I, uh, that, that question about the church that you're that your church helped us to build in Mexico, I uh, had to explain quickly that, uh, yes, actually, there was a picture in the video this morning of the church that you helped to build in this, the little town of Sabinalito, which is right on the border of Guatemala. Uh, there's not an outside picture, but there was an inside picture where I was preaching in that mission that was originally a vacation Bible school. A mother of one of the ladies in one of our other churches lived in that town, and they had a vacation Bible school, and the kids uh, reacted so favorably, the families, that they decided to have a, 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 a weekly Bible club. And then uh, the mother started coming, and the older kids started coming, and so we started sending groups of people, and, and the they would just stand in line in that church to, to get the chance to travel. They have to travel for three hours on Sunday morning, get up real early in the morning and travel for three hours on uh, vans and buses to get to this city on the border. And, uh, but no one, uh, far from complaining, they, they uh, just couldn't wait till it was their turn to be able to go and to uh, work in this area and start a mission, and then the Lord provided, in that case, a young man from that very church in the mountains who came after going to Bible college, came back in his pastoring network, and that's a, a good church now in that town of Sabinalito. We thank you that uh, people like you have made it possible for them to uh, have the, the churches of facilities and, and uh, see the, the Lord's work grow. And, well, it's a blessing to be back with you. Appreciate you so much. I, uh, <clears throat> if I make words up, I, I, I noticed that I made a word up this morning, expositive preaching. I said that, didn't I? I realized later on you don't say that in English. And my wife and I do that all the time now. We think in Spanish, 
And uh, in Spanish, it's expositiva. And so I was, you know, making a word up that sounded like the Spanish word, expositive. And I realize I know in English you say expository, right? Okay. Uh, so if I make words up, you just know them thinking in Spanish, especially in preaching. I, I, uh, when I went to Mexico 32 years ago, I basically had to put aside my English Bible and take the Spanish Bible uh, because I knew if I'm going to minister to these people in this language, I have got to know their language, and I've got to think that and be able to uh, preach in that. So uh, the first years there, I would read the Bible, and every word that I didn't know, I'd look it up in the dictionary, write it down. And, but now all of my memorization, studies, devotions, everything is done in Spanish to the point that I can't hardly quote verses in English anymore. <laughs> and, and then I make up words, and so uh, bear with me a little bit on that. But uh, turn your Bibles to uh, Romans chapter 1 this morning. Romans chapter 1. Begin reading in verse 13. Romans chapter 1 verse 13. Now... I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come to you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you also, that that you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And I want to focus this morning mainly on this last verse. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. After being in Mexico on the field, been missionaries for 33 years. First year was on deputation, been on the field for 32 years now. And when people hear that, uh, there's a lot of interesting comments that are made. Some people say, well, are you just going to die there? (laughs) As if, uh, isn't that a long time already? And uh, some people uh, ask us, are you ever going to come home? And, uh, but one of the most common comments that is made when we uh, tell them that we've been in Mexico for 32 years, they say, 32 years, you must really like it there. And uh, it's amusing just because, no, that's not really the point. Uh, we do like it there. There are many, many things that we like there. We, that's our home now. A lot of uh, friends and family, family in the Lord. And uh, there's some beautiful areas in Mexico down where we are. Uh, but on the other hand, I've told you before, when I first went down the language school, when I was first, uh, when I was still single to learn the language and how I was robbed in Mexico City in the subway and lost all of my money and my visa and what I had to go through in that. Uh, my first year down in Chiapas when we were missionaries, uh, I got every disease you can imagine. The dengue fever killed 200 people that year 
and I got it twice back to back, and right after I got it twice back to back, I caught typhoid fever, nearly died myself of losing my eyesight. And then in the, in the middle of the sickness and trying to pioneer this new area, and uh, I got a letter from a supporting church that had a piece of paper that had been just ripped off, wasn't even a full piece of paper, and it said, Dear Brother Morris, we don't appreciate your ministry at all. Our missionary over in Korea won more souls last month, and you've won all year, so we're dropping your support. And uh, that, well, that wasn't any fun at the time. <laughs> uh, there, we, uh, you know, had people that we counted on as friends and co-laborers that betrayed us and tried to destroy us. I sat in the front row one time of a church that I started had a man that I thought was my friend who had planted people in the church for a meeting. And while my, my wife sat there by my side trembling, they would stand up and, and slander us and defame us and, uh, for the purpose of trying to get us kicked out and him to be able to take control of everything that we had. And they ended up doing it. Weren't able to get us kicked out of the country. The Lord uh, did have a, a plan for us and intervened in that. We went through, you saw in the video, the wreck rolling 150 feet down a mountainside. And by God's grace, spared, going through a volcano of war, and uh, even let down sometimes by people that we depended on here in the, in the States. I can't say that it was fun, by any means. I can't say that we've been there 32 years because we like it so much. Now, on the other hand, let me tell you, I wouldn't change anything. Well, I take that back. I've said that a lot of times, and I was thinking this morning, and I was in our room thinking again about this message, and I thought, well, there, there are some things I'd change. I would, I would change a lot of my own reactions, a lot of my own failures. If I could change my own failures, I would change that. I wouldn't change any of the circumstances because all of those trials and tribulations even though they caused much distress and many tears and heartaches at the time, later on we found out that that was where God most showed his hand of mercy. And that was where some of the most precious lessons of life were learned and, and God's power was shown in the most uh, dramatic ways in our lives and it wouldn't change any of that. But we're not down there because we like it so much. We're not down there because it's fun. We're down there for what the Apostle Paul said here. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We are down in Mexico because God is God and because it's God's call. Because it's God's decision. And people like you are giving. Uh, uh, people might ask you, you're still going to give to missionaries after 32 years? You're going to still give money that you could be using to, uh, to, to uh, you know, uh, uh, live a little better in a time of a difficult economy or, or to have a few more of the comforts of life? You're still going to give and, and uh, you would be able to say the same thing. Uh, you say, well, you, you still give, you must really like it. Well, no, that wouldn't actually be your reason for giving, would it? Because I just like it so much. 
There's a sacrifice involved in that. There's a, there's a cost involved in that. But you also have read the Bible and seen how the Lord said, How shall they preach except they be sent? And how God commands us to give and to send some to go and to give. And the just shall live by faith. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. We started by faith and we go on to faith. One day we realized that that we were lost sinners on the way to hell, condemned by the, the sin that came upon all men in this world. And we, we heard the gospel and we understood that God loved us even while we were yet sinners and sent his son Jesus Christ to pay the full price for our sins on the cross. Conviction of our sin came upon us. We realized that we were lost and undone and condemned. And we turned from that path of, which we realized was only leading us to condemnation. And we turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and we trusted by faith in Him as our Savior. We put our eternal destiny in His hands. We trusted. It's true. We know that by the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, I know that one day I'll be with Him because my sin has been paid for, because I have been born again by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that faith was not, though, so that I could be saved and to go back and to live the same life that I was living in before, according to my own mind, according to my own feelings, being my own Lord, making my own decisions, that, that, that path that was going to lead me to eternal condemnation certainly isn't the reason why I was saved by faith in Christ. I was saved to live a new life. I was saved to walk a new path. I was saved to, to walk a path where He is Lord, where He knows the way, where He has the wisdom that I trust. And then I find in his word, and so the just shall live by faith. And this is the reason why we have missions, the reason why we go, or the reason why we give. We're saved from that condemnation by faith, and we're saved from a a wasted life. We wake up at one point, I hope you have. There was a a time even in my life as a preacher's kid when I had to wake up and realize it's a waste of life to go on living according to my own uh, will, my own way of thinking, making decisions according to my way of evaluating things. I realized there was nothing more precious, nothing of greater value than to dedicate my life to Christ and to lay myself upon the altar. That I didn't do that as a sacrifice. So in, in the sense of the, world, uh, the word that I was losing something, that I had everything to gain by trusting him and by giving him my life. That he was, by faith, saving me from a wasted life. As the Lord Jesus Christ said that he that findeth his life shall lose it. I realized if I lived my life according to my own way, that I would lose what life was all about. That I would lose that what he talks about, the, the, the new abundant life that the Lord Jesus Christ came to give me. And that when he said, but whoso... He that loseth his life for my sake will find it. I wanted to know what that was all about. I wanted to know what what it is, that plan of God that comes from his 
infinite, divine, perfect, pure, wise mind that he has for my life. I want to know what that's all about. But the cost was to give up the idea that that I'm in charge of my life, that I make the decisions of my life and live by faith. Faith is a willing obedience, a joyful obedience. It's like when Peter, John chapter 6, has always been one of the most encouraging or somehow touching passages in my life when the people that uh, after the Lord Jesus Christ had fed the 5,000 and then in the book of John kind of gives the rest of the story how they went and followed him across the sea wanted to, and he understood that they wanted to make him a king by force. That sounds, that sounds great. They wanted him to be their king. And it's pretty revealing to realize that that didn't impress the Lord at all because he was looking at their hearts and saw that they weren't interested in giving their lives to him. They weren't interested in what he was interested. They were interested in the fact that he was able to give them bread miraculously. And he preached one of the hardest messages that he had ever preached difficult to understand and they didn't they didn't come to him and say lord we don't understand that but we know you must you're you're the master you're savior you tell the truth and we want to learn we want to understand no they didn't say that they just react inside i don't understand that that's a hard saying who can receive this and they turned back and they left him and you know the lord let him go and he even turned to his own disciples and made almost what appears to be a reverse invitation. We normally are, are inviting people to come to Christ. And he turned to his disciples and said, will you leave also? And that's where Peter, who so many times had stuck his foot in his mouth. And Peter many times had to be reprimanded, rebuked. And, and, uh, but this time it showed what it was in his heart that the Lord really loved. Because Peter looked at him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of of eternal life. To Peter, there was no other way. There weren't two ways to go. There was only one way. He had found that and he knew there was only one way. The just shall live by faith. We follow the Lord Jesus, the, the example even of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why did he even come to this earth in the first place? Many times when we ask that question, why did Jesus come to this earth? It comes to our mind immediately one of the verses like, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to give his life a ransom for many. And that's what comes to our mind. And of course, that, that is true. That's what he came to do. That's not really why he came. That's what he came to do. Now, that, I know that may be surprising. You say, uh-oh, this preacher's getting off there. <laughs> no. The Lord Jesus Christ revealed why he came in passages like when he said, it, before he ascended back to the Father, he said, as the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. The Lord Jesus Christ came because uh, even before the foundation of the earth, God the Father had destined him to be the, the Lamb of God to take away our sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ humbled himself and made himself obedient to God the Father. 
and made himself obedient even unto death. It was God the Father making the decision and our Lord Jesus Christ trusting and obeying and coming out of obedience. So many times as Christians and it may be so here mostly in America because we know that in America God has blessed us so much that we have to recognize that we're kind of pampered. And we, when we go through some of the trials that we're going through, a lot of countries would love to have some of the trials we go through. And we fall into some traps sometimes, even in our churches. Now, there's some traps of the devil that are very obvious. We know what sin, open sin is, and the trap and the enticement of sin. We at least know what that is. That that does cause many people to fall, but it's very obvious that that's a trap. But there's other traps that are so subtle. And one of those traps is that when we think of God's work, when we look at a, a missions presentation, or we think of the call of God to go to work, we're thinking that, that uh, we'll do that because we have compassion on those people. Now, we need to have compassion. We need to have uh, that which comes from the Holy Spirit and a compassion that our Lord Jesus Christ had. But we do not go into the fields of the world and preach to the people of the world because of our compassion. We do that because, because God is God, because of God's compassion. Because of God's command. Because it's his decision. The just shall live by faith. And it's a trap when we begin to think, uh, because we sometimes are moved with compassion, sometimes we're not. And if our decision is made on that, our decision is focused on ourselves. And there's weakness in that. Even when it's so noble a cause as compassion, there's weakness because the focus is on ourselves. It's a very subtle trap. Sometimes it's because of the satisfaction that it gives us. We're motivated. We see fruit. We see uh, projects that are fulfilled, and that's that's satisfying. And uh, that's the reason, then, why we're willing to continue to go as missionaries or to give, to send missionaries. And that's a subtle trap because that's not the reason at all to go or to give. The reason is because God has commanded us to go. If Debbie and I go back to Mexico, we are going back to Mexico, God willing, in, in August to continue ministry until God chooses. People ask us how long we're going to be there. I can't tell you how long. It's, that's in the Lord's hands. Because it's God's will. The just shall live by faith. Are we living by faith? Do we have the attitude, the heart that it, it is God? Who calls the shots? Who is God? Who makes the decision? He is our Lord. We have trusted him for our salvation and we trust him also for the direction and the purpose of our life. The just shall live by faith. America's greatness sometimes is as said, because America has been such a shining light into this world, has sent so many missionaries throughout time. But I wouldn't agree with that entirely. I would say that America's greatness is because at the beginning, when there were people who decided to found, to, to establish the foundations of the Constitution and the, the, uh, uh, the, 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 
statutes upon which this country would be built, they honored God. They thought about what God, what, what God's principles were. They thought about what God says. And they, and they put that, and that was what made this country so great. I think that's the reason why it became a shining light to this world. That was a fruit of the fact that they understood that God is God. God is right, and God is good. So why do we go? Why do we give? It's not, it's not because of the need, even though the need is great, and we need to we need to be sensitive to the need. It's not because we're so good and it's such a noble cause, even though there is no more noble cause. We go and we give because the heart of God, God's love for this world and God's heart for this world was such that he gave his son to die and then commanded us to be a light to this world, to go and to sin that others might live. Missions in that way is a light even in our lives. I heard in a conference uh, several years ago an illustration that really hit home. pastor said that uh, sometimes you come down at night to the kitchen and you turn on the light. And uh, none of us want to admit this, but sometimes you turn on the light and there's some cockroaches that take off. Come on the light, and boy, those cockroaches take off. And he said, you know, the light didn't create the cockroaches. The light just showed that they were there. And there's some things in life and in, in the Lord's Word in his commands and his will that are like a light on our lives, a test in our lives. They put light. They don't create the weaknesses. They don't create uh, our failures. They just show that they exist. Missions is one of those. Missions demonstrates whether we are living by faith. Missions demonstrates whether God is God in our lives or not. The Apostle Paul here in this passage where he wanted to go to Rome also to preach the gospel considered himself, as he said, a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the wise. He had to do this. And he joyfully desired to do that. Missions is not whether I can go or where I can't go. God has the power. It's not whether I can give to send or where I can't give to send. God has the resources. It's whether we will live by faith. We who have trusted Christ as our Savior to save us and have turned to him as our Savior and our Lord, will we then live according to what he's commanded? Will we? That's the decision we have to make. Let's bow our heads this morning. I'd like to ask you to bow your head and I would like to ask you very, very respectfully with no judgment on my part, just God looking and searching our hearts. Are you living by faith? When, when you see the heart of God for this world and the commands of God for this world, is your heart open to God? 
If not, he says, you're missing out. You're losing what life is all about. And it may be this morning that God is touching your heart to come to him and to give your life to him. Now, there may be someone this morning who has not trusted Christ as your Savior to be saved, and God God asks you to turn to him, to repent of your sin, and to trust in his Son as Savior. Put your faith in Christ. And come, be saved. And those of you that have at one time humbled yourself before God and trusted Christ as your Savior, he's saying, now live. Live, allowing, submitting to yourself, yourself to God as God. And trusting, not doubting, not evaluating, not considering, just understanding and joyfully trusting. Our Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that you'd purify our hearts, give us that freedom, the joy of faith, and you, your Son, is our Lord. And in this moment, invitation, may it be a blessing to each life. May there be strength from your Spirit and decisions made that would glorify your name and be a blessing to each one, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to ask you to...